Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Whether you're backing your favorite fighter or betting on the madness this March, look no further than MyBookie.com, where cash prize contests, deposit machines, and free bets let you turn your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Sign up with promo code DRINKINGBROS and start winning today at MyBookie.com. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legends Show. Uh, this is the show where we tailgate with legends tonight with us. We have a legend that you guys know, a legend that you've heard before on Drinking Bros, the one, the only, the terrorist whisperer. I don't even know how to fucking say your name. Nobody knows. What is, say it. Say your real, say, say your not real name. Say your government name. Hamity Jassim. Hamity Jassim. Yeah. Hamity Jassim, the terrorist whisperer, is with us tonight, baby. And we are so excited. We are tailgating for the ACC tournament that's coming up. Duke is not doing too hot, and we're big Duke fans over here. So, no, we uh, are not. Oh, you're not? No. You're not a Duke fan? No, fuck the Blue Devils. Fuck Coach K. He's the only one in college basketball who gets away with cheating. Oh my Everyone gosh. knows he's been cheating for a long time, but he gets away with it. I don't know how. But well, one day they'll come and get him. <laughs> something you can relate to is that when you're great and you're on top, people accuse you of cheating. Mm. Just like As a some, Patriots fan, yeah, I do you know that. You should understand that. So. But tonight we are tailgating with the terrorist whisperer, Hamity Jassim, from Iraq. Uh, sitting with us here in the beautiful United States of America, Chef Puhak over there, hey. Conspiracy Cuisine. You're cooking some Iraq food for this That's tailgate. Right, what do you got going on over there, homie? I am going to try not to screw it up. Uh, I had contact with Hamity before. Has anybody ever said that you look like an Iraqi? Hey, look at me, man. You like my beard? I do. You Does my, he look uh, Iraqi to you? Uh, he does a little bit, for sure. <laughs> okay. My wife has started calling me Muhammad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time I've heard it. Anyways, I, I, I contacted Hamity, and I was like, hey, man, what are your favorite uh, Iraqi foods? I want to honor you, dude. I'm really excited for you to be on the show. And he gave me three and I picked what I think is the hardest dish, and it's beef, short rib, and ground beef Iraqi dolma with minted honey, goat cheese, and Greek yogurt, and some chubbas. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. He said it right? Yeah. How did he do? He got it right. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, from what the way I smelled it, I haven't tasted it yet. Okay. Uh, he is spot on. It's probably the hardest Iraqi meal to make. This is the national Iraqi meal that you make. Oh, is so, it? The hardest yeah. one. So yeah. no pressure on you, Pula. I came in with a mushroom stamp for you, baby. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Listen, Thank you've you. uh, been on <laughs> Drinking Bros a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yep. I would Eight say times. That- Eight? Eight times. Ocho. Wow. Yeah. So I this told, is nine or eight? I, I told my story once, and it was episode the rest of it is all about Iran. I did all the Iran Yeah, episodes. that's right. Yeah. That's because when all the Al-Salamani and Al-Baghdadi yeah. stuff yeah. was kicking Yeah, Iran out. is like my ex-girlfriend. Everything, every time some <laughs> shit going on in Iran, I get called in. Literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there anything going on in Iran right now? Airways. Always. Always. Always there's shit going always. on in Iran. Look, yeah. it's International Women's Day yeah. uh, today. I was doing some research for the show, looked up the Iraqi soccer club. Yeah. They actually put out a post today uh, mm-hmm. thanking all the women in Iraq. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Wow. I, is that... I mean, it would be cool if they stop beating them and then they will, you know. Then <laughs> is we that can a thing? Have, you we can have a proper woman day if they stop beating women in Iraq. <laughs> are they allowed honest. to drive? Huh? Uh, they are allowed to drive in Iraq. Only in Saudi Arabia, they were not allowed to drive except okay. the new prince, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, regardless that he cuts people off. Like he cuts people and <laughs> like literally. kill them. But, but oh he, he still uh, gave women uh, t- uh, the right to drive and it changed Saudi Arabia dramatically. We do have women are allowed to 
to drive in Iraq. However, will they, will they be accepted by the society? Hmm. Uh, will they, will they, will they be not be harassed by the rest of everybody because they're driving? So there's a lot of issues. That it's, you know, it's a lot bigger than just a, a tweet or a post on social media. Yeah, isn't it crazy that women yeah. here still complain? I mean, coming from where you come from, women yeah. in America complain. Yeah. I mean, this is the best place in the, the world. The Meghan Markle to be. thing. Oh, you know, Meghan Markle. a prime Markle. example. <laughs> Meghan Markle getting on Oprah, complaining about oppression. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't she just buy like a $15 million house in Santa Barbara? Yeah. I mean, tough I life. Feel, you know, it's a tough life being a princess. Yeah. So, For no, real. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, to be honest, it's it's very different world. Um, I think here in America, we're so blocked from the rest of the world. We don't Spoiled know what the, is the word is happening in, outside of the box. It's like we live in a bubble. And this bubble is pretty much prevent you from seeing what's outside in the world. If you want to talk about women rights, you got to go to some of these countries and see what they do to women. You have to see some of these women that feed five to six children and they go to work every single day. And there's no opportunities. There's no jobs. There's nothing. Um, it's hard, man. Yeah, That's those why are, it's those a different world. You can never compare between America and the rest of the world, especially the Middle East. But you know what? I bet you today yeah. when they woke up, are they allowed to get on Facebook? Yeah, in Iraq they are, but okay. not in Iran, yeah. Well, I bet you those women, when they got on Facebook today and they saw that the Iraqi soccer club gave them a shout-out on International Women's Day, I bet you it made them feel good. Um, for sure. I mean, the, the Pope was there just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? What do you mean? The Pope like, being there. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's the most positive thing Iraq ever had. Really? Yeah. Yes, yeah, wow. for sure. Yeah, being um, a hard you don't Catholic, want my opinion on he, that. He, tra he travels all over and does humanitarian. <laughs> this visit was tough because... Iran was literally, Iranian psychological operation units in Iraq was literally trying to defame the Pope in any way possible because they didn't want, they didn't want a version of Iraq that shows that it's a non-radical Iraq. They didn't want people to see that version of Iraq. So they were trying their best to really um, diminish the, the reputation of the Pope. And it was probably the biggest reception we ever had in, in our history um, for someone who is a Catholic man, not a Muslim, that was received by a majority Muslim country. So that just goes to show you that the majority of Iraqis are normal people, every, yeah. everyday people. They're normal. They're not radical. But that little 15% fucked up people that I'm sure you guys have more than that in America. Um, <laughs> uh, we do. Messed up people who follow Iran and try to cover that up. But I'll tell you, man, I have never seen any president in the world uh, was respected and were received like the Pope was in Iraq. So is this is this corruption that you talk about? Or excuse me. Is this people that don't want to receive him? Is this part of the corruption from within from that fifteen percent? It's not corruption. It's psyop. It's Iranian psyop. Uh -huh. Iran wants to keep Iraq as as its backyard where they can do all their financing, all their smuggling, because Iran is intersection. That's where people in America don't realize is. Iran is under section, but the sections are not affecting Iran as we think it is because they have other countries they can utilize uh, to get rid of their produce or whatever they are making or whatever they're selling. So that's the, the sad part is when Iraq was under section during my time in Iraq, I was hungry as fuck. Um, <laughs> and I, I knew what those sanctions was um, because I was only able to eat like about a half a piece of a bread a day, my eat gosh, one spoon man. of rice. And I lived nine years with that. I mean, talk about diet. I, yeah. I should be the king of diet. At one, um, but, but that's how Iraq was under section. But Iran is not so affected because it, it can still use Iraq. It could still use Syria. It could mm -hmm. still use Yemen. It could use any other countries they had influence in. So this is what really keeps Iran 
strong in the Middle East. So whenever we hear Iran saying anything, it's 90% of the time just complete bullshit. Uh, you, <laughs> listen, you cannot say 90%. Um, yes, for the last four years, yes, Iran was not, would not dare make a move. Uh, that's a reason why they never drove one speed boat towards an American destroyer in, in the Gulf. They haven't done anything because they knew the consequences of if they did something, what happens. But in the last 48 hours alone, Iran has been doing airstrikes on our U.S. bases. Um, the media may what show you fuck, only one man. side of it, but Iran is getting aggressive, whether we like it or not. Why do you think and they're getting aggressive now? Because they're not afraid of you anymore. Because we have a weak leader. Hey, you man, know, you know, uh, on I'll that. be honest, this is not about politics. It's not about Biden. Um, they just know who is in charge. And I think the one thing that made Trump be different dealing with the Iranians he is... He wasn't part of the club. ...is that Trump told them how much risk he's willing to take. Uh, Trump has notified the Iranians a while ago, three years ago, that if you do make any move at any point, you have 58 location in Iran, that is the most important location. Literally, this is what Iran breathed through. This is the, the infrastructure for Iran. And he, he told them that if you make any move, I wouldn't go to war ne if, if necessary with your country, but I'll destroy this 58 locations that you have, and I'll put you back a thousand years. And Iran knew exactly what the consequences was. Biden may have done an airstrike in the last, 40, in the last few days in, in Syria against the Iranian militia. I gave him a high five for it. I wasn't going to beat him down because I don't support him politically, but I want him to keep on that rhythm to put the Iranians back where they belong. Because if you allow them, that's what happens in the last 48 hours. They'll be starting shooting rockets at the U.S. bases. They will not be afraid to kill an American soldier anymore. And that's what makes the difference between a president, whether we like it or not. Um, I don't care what the rest of the country consider tr President Trump as, but tr President Trump had successful foreign policy plan. And that is an a, a proof, and that's evidence that Iran would not dare do one thing. Is that because you knew where he stood? Uh, it, it, I think because they knew that he wasn't, um, he wasn't a man of politics. If he said he was going to do something, he was going to do it. And Iran uh, knew exactly what was going to cost them. And the reason why w the only airstrike that Iran conducted during Trump uh, time in, in Iraq. It was uh, Ain al-Assad after Soleimani has been airstriked, the smartest Iranian general that they ever had, and they shot the base with empty rockets. We had that, we had that, and in a, they shot it with empty rockets, and what they did, Iran literally informed the Iraqis half an hour earlier to make sure all American soldiers would take cover because they wanted to make sure not one American soldier get injured on that airstrike, uh, I mean that rocket strike. And uh, the rockets were empty. That was released on Drinking Pros um, exclusively with the pictures. And uh, now Iran is not shooting empty rockets on you anymore. They are real shooting deal. you with real rockets. It's really funny that, um, you know, I've, I've heard you on the podcast on episode 496 on Drinking Bros. And that, and that was really one of my favorite episodes. I think it was yeah. like two and a half hour long episode. Yeah, two hours. But I listened to all minutes. two and a half hours and I called you. Um, and I think we went out to lunch that day. We went to a fine restaurant. I forgot that you were a Muslim and I ordered you the ribs. Uh, <laughs> still embarrassed. You're just racist. Uh, well, that was a definitely yeah. a racist mistake on my part. Yes. Still embarrassed about it. <clears throat> but you invited me to your house for a true... Iraqi dinner. Yep. You love to cook. You mm -hmm. cook for my family, but 
really you cooked for an entire village because there's no way that my family of five was going to eat that much food. Yeah, yeah. Is that typical for Iraqi custom? Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely, like you invite people over, people have What's an Iraqi tailgate like? Do You guys, you guys play soccer there, right? Or cricket? Um, I don't know. What's the, what's the sport of Iraq? Uh, uh, soccer, for sure. Soccer, for yes. sure. Big yes. soccer guys. Do you guys tailgate for the soccer games? So the, the truth is, is that we're, we're so crazy about soccer that it's, we're more crazy about soccer than religion in Iraq. So we don't necessarily tailgate, um, but I'll tell you, like, uh, every game, every soccer game, there is at least 80,000 people in the game. And they don't yeah. tell you. They don't cook outside the game like cooking, we do? No, nope, they don't no. have that idea because I think that um, you can say Iraqis are well-fed. They're well-fed? Yeah, they're well-fed, and they just show up, and they go to the game. I mean, there will be – it's not like they don't have any food outside, but they don't have that specific tradition, tailgating outside. Yeah, yeah. This is more of an American thing. Yeah, Americans more are yeah, fat. That's yeah. why we're fat as fuck, and we yeah. just want to eat yeah. all the time. When you uh, – <laughs> you, have, you have you been to a pro sports game or a collegiate game here in the United States? I have been to a football game, yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's it like going to an American football game versus what it's like going to an Iraqi soccer oh, game? What big difference. Big, big difference, man. I mean, I think Americans, the, the craziest thing they can do is uh, scream. That's scream. It, right? Scream. That's a, down there, it's a very different world. It's very violent. If a, <laughs> if a player is not playing really well, probably the fans will get in there and beat his ass. <laughs> so it really, like, we have issues. They actually now deploy, like, a whole entire battalion around the field to make sure people can't cross. They, Are you they, they got guns. They're all armed. It's, it's very do you different. Do search before you go into the game? I mean, this is not just Iraq. This is the whole Middle East. But do they search you before you go into a game? Oh, of course. Okay, so they take I all mean, your guns and stuff away. Sometimes they fight. The only, the only European nation that's similar to us is the English. Okay. Uh, they're similar to that, but they don't, they don't use weapons. They don't try to beat the players. Where in the Middle East is a very, very dangerous game. What's, uh, what, what, what does an Iraqi cheerleader look like these days? We don't have any. We just have ugly dudes that lead the, yeah, I'm serious. Do they like play music or like a drum like the, the Steelers? Yeah, they, they don't they have usually, cheerleaders. They, they have a drum like line. They have a big drum and there's only one guy in charge of the whole entire, uh, whoever the fan are. Yeah. Um, and they usually use a hand language because you can't talk to people. This is like 60,000 people in front of you. Uh, cheering for that team so literally they use a hand language to see whatever they have to repeat but there is no women uh there is no good looking girls coming out there's just a bunch of are women allowed to go to the soccer game yeah is that Uh, like a thing they are now it is actually it's a new thing that women's are allowed the biggest thing they worry about is not uh, not allowing women it's more they're worried about the harassment so Mm. okay that's what they worry about what's the harassment like is it sexual harassment or is it just like mean rude harassment definitely physical physical yeah it's a different world i've heard like rape people there are very aggressive um different world so aggressive how like aggressive sexually or aggressive i don't think anybody was gonna allow their daughter or their wife to go to the game it's okay yeah it's just just because the guys get out of hand Uh, yeah definitely we got i mean look it's a it's a it's a very different world uh people could be a little different um, we're we, a tailgating show make us understand it what is it like what's it so you're going to the game tell walk us through it I mean, you go to the game, um, you buy your ticket outside. Okay. Usually, uh, the tickets get sold out. Um, so, like, some of the games, they will have 80,000 people. This is how many people they can wow. see. That's a lot of people. And they will have 60,000 standing outside that couldn't buy a mm. ticket. Wow. It's a lot of people, especially if, if it's, like, a, a classic game between now, two Now, are they teams. wearing jerseys? Are they? Oh, definitely. <clears throat> jerseys. Some people come in shirtless. It's a crazy. It's okay. A, okay. It's a very, uh, very strong uh love to those teams and yeah. um 
some of these teams have a lot of money, have big stars, superstars. So it's a very different world, but I can say it could really be. And you could literally hear 60,000 people cursing at another 50,000 people. So really? it's, it's so really that bad. Hamity, yes. the, yeah. you know, here in the U.S., you know how we've got like different teams from various yeah. parts of the states and stuff are there like fierce rivalries like there are oh here? definitely yes we, and it's it's bad it's to the point that these people will be fighting outside in coffee shops hey, yeah i was like gonna ask about philadelphia, the philadelphia man philadelphia yeah. or boston right yeah, yeah. in, well, in egypt philly, they had a <laughs> in egypt they yeah. had a a, a big fight between <laughs> two teams uh big fight between two teams and the fans just engaged yeah and they had to prevent like they have they they didn't allow any fans to come in for about a year. That happens and in America, they, too. If you get yeah. get in the black hole and you play the oh, Raiders, trust me, uh, they <laughs> you might get killed. They haven't pulled knives and stabbed each other. Anytime the, the Eagles win <laughs> no. or lose, they do that shit. Yeah, because uh, one time... Eagles yeah. fans one, are trash. One Super Bowl, why. they had to grease the su- the um, telephone poles yeah. prior to the game so yeah. people wouldn't climb it. And they won, and they were still climbing the poles. I got a buddy up in uh, PPD, Philly, Philly PD, yeah. And he said they were climbing the poles even <laughs> even after they won. They were lighting shit on fire like, fucking, we won! Yeah. That's what happens when you make a statue of a fictional character in hey, your city. Hey, Rocky's and, a real person. And, and sure let, me, let me just tell you, I'm happy right that now. we were able to give you guys this traditions of stabbing each other and destroying um, each other businesses. Um, uh, so we should thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. we're happy. <laughs> thank you for the post-game so violence. I, I learned am. from you. But you guys only it, took it in politics. You haven't gone into the sports. <laughs> it turns side. out that I am. I am Iraqi. <laughs> so <laughs> you are. You I could am be. from Philly. You could be. What's up? So uh, when your team wins, yeah. wh- and you know, like uh, everybody kind of treats a win differently here in at NC State. When the Wolfpack wins, they they go to the. Um, what do they do? They go to the, the square there and they surround the They go the to Cornerstone at Dogwood. Yeah. And, and get um, <laughs> They tear down the goalposts. <laughs> what do they do? Like Ohio State, they burn all the couches on the uh, front porches. When Iraq wins, what yeah. happens? Um, people go out shooting. <laughs> I, I don't mean like shooting at targets. I want to clarify. They shoot in up the in air? the air. That's and those bullets terrible, goes up man. and they fall back. So every time a team wins. We get casualties. People die. We, it's getting more serious? and more like serious. it's getting more and more like yeah. Philly. I remember one year in uh, yeah. like 2001, Mayor Street issued a warning. He said, yeah. "When we win or on this holiday, don't shoot your guns in the air because it comes down." Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a tradition <laughs> that even Saddam, a dictator, could not stop it. Um, oh he threatened people with jail, with execution. It's just a messed up traditions that we had over the years since we own guns in Iraq. And every time the national team win, specifically the national team, the whole country come outside and shoot in the air. So all these bullets go up to the top and then they fall back. So literally just shoot, go ahead and shoot yourself in the foot. Um, well, you bring up Saddam. I kind of have a question about Saddam. Switch gears a little bit here. Gears. So, so I've, I've heard that Saddam was convinced that he was the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not quite sure. The Babylonian king. Good question. Have you ever heard about that? Really? I've what, seen it on TV um, yeah. when I was a kid. Um, it's not that it was Saddam's fault. It's the people that kissed Saddam's him. ass. Mm. That's the problem. They made Saddam believe he was the descent of the prophet Muhammad, the Muslim mm. prophet. They made him believe he was the descent of all the kings that ruled Iraq. And, and by the way, let me just clarify. I, I respect history, but... Every single king that ruled Iraq happened to be fucked up and happened to be somebody that was a dictator, did some crimes here and there. So truly, if you look in the history of Iraq all together, we've been at war since we were born. Mm-hmm. I was born in the Iran-Iraq war, and then we went to war with America. We went to Kuwait. We went to war with America, and then we went to war with ourselves. 
it's literally just one war after another. So after beating ourselves, I don't know who else we can beat now. <laughs> ISIS showed up. We beat them too. Beat their ass. So now we need someone else. Well, um, as and Biden is really helping us out with that, with the the comeback of the Islamic. You know, I always said that I, oh, when Biden got elected, the first thing I said was like, well, there's a bunch of cherry veterans out there that don't have combat patches yet, and big government needs big war. Yeah. I bet you we're back to war by the and summer. he was right. And oh, uh, Tanstrodamus appears yeah. to be yeah. right again. You can't steal folks. that from me. You can't <laughs> well, steal I, from I would love did. to see this new generation back at war, man. I'll so, pay anything. I'll, well, actually I was go. Ask I'll actually volunteer to go to war so I can see this new generation at war. Yeah, but it's going to be bad. But man. you just want to see it for the car probably because this generation yeah. is weak. I want to see it for the entertainment. I'll just take a bag of weed with me and just <laughs> go really enjoy the show. How is it chair. being in the United States? So, yeah. uh, you know, for those of you who don't know who, who the Terrorist Whisperer is or you're new to this, you have to go listen yeah. to episode 496 on Drinking Bros. Uh, but Hamidi, in short, was arrested by Saddam Hussein at the age of 12, joined American forces at 17 as the first Iraqi-American spy. By the time he was 19, he was the youngest command sergeant major of Iraq. By the time he was 26, he was the probably the most wanted Muslim in the Arabic world. And by, uh, by the time I was 29, I was the biggest porn star in America. Yeah, then, yeah. He, yeah, then he, by 29, he was the biggest porn star in America. Yeah. Uh, but he came home with uh, General Petraeus, is the guy that brought you home, um, or brought you to the United States. Of course, I, I which is now home, right? home, which is now home, um, and you you still taking down terrorists in the United States. You still did some work at the Pentagon, still did some work over in other parts of North Carolina, and then you finally, um, you you know, you're here, you're settled down, you have a family, a beautiful family. Won't go into that too much, but when you came from Iraq to the United States, what was the biggest holy shit I'm in the United States moment for That's you? That's a great question. Um, I got here in 2008. Um, and it's kind of weird because every immigrant come to this country kind of like really have to work hard to come here. I was brought by the CIA director, which is scary, <laughs> right? Um, uh, when I when I got here, I would be honest, um, I was shocked. Like I had a really big shock. I think I was depressed for about six months. Really? Um, that because it was just a, you were in this crazy environment. Everything is going on. You are chasing one of the most dangerous terrorists in the world. You almost live in the game. Fortnite, okay. and then all of a sudden they take you out and they drop you off in Arlington, Virginia, and it's quiet. There's nobody around. There's no one chasing you. There's nothing going on. So it was just a different environment, man. It's a different. Sh it's a big shift. Um, and I still remember. I didn't even know how to cross the street. I didn't know like you have actually signs here that you have to wait until it shows, <laughs> and then you can cross street. I used to cross street from anywhere. You like Brooks and from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it really, it was it was a scary for me. Like, I wasn't scared of facing Al-Qaeda top terrorists, but I was scared shitless to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to, till, how I didn't know how to pay. I didn't know how to use a, a Visa card. I, I didn't like know you, any of this stuff. kind of just didn't fit, huh? The crazy th part is I came here, I had like $13,000 in my okay. wallet. And it's all cash. And every time I go to buy like a tomato or something, I pull the whole entire thirteen thousand dollars oh in front gosh, of the clerk. Man. Is this enough? And and it really just people think you're a drug dealer or yeah. you're, <laughs> and it and, and it was just a different I think everything robbed. was different. You go to the grocery store, you don't have grocery stores like that overseas. You usually have to go to the one guy that sells tomatoes, the one guy that sells watermelons. You come to one store and it's convenient, you have everything in front of you. And uh, they have a pharmacy also, they have a butcher it's just 
to you so that no is shit. like so like in in Iraq they don't have like a grocery store. You have to go no. to different. Not my time. Not during my. Time. How long did it take yeah. to assimilate? Was there like a moment where you kind of like comfortable? Like okay, I've I've found myself. I know what to do I mean, in these situations. I mean, for me, I was living in a, in a safe house in in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I was living with an intelligent agent. I was just trying to make sure that there's no one coming after me. There's nobody with numb still alive. So I was pretty really restricted from anywhere that I went. And just one day they're like, hey, man, why don't you take the bus? I, I, at that time, I didn't even know how, how I can buy a car. And I just started taking the bus and I started seeing every fucked up American in the bus sitting there <laughs> uh, doing stupid There's stuff. There's a lot of us. And, <laughs> and it really just kind of like I was, I was kind of getting to know the messed up part of America because mm. I got to meet all these CIA director generals, people I've dealt with. And then I got to see those Americans who smoke weed in the back of a bus. Yeah. And it was just interesting. It's interesting for me seeing like how people are. Uh, nothing like the movies. So you guys definitely lied to us. And um, <laughs> well, it depends what it, movie uh, are you going by. And it, and it truly, um, you know. Are you saying I don't look like John Claude Van Damme? Uh, it, it was just really different. So <laughs> I, I would get in the bus. I would go to the museums in, in, in D.C. every single day. And I spent like 14 days, the first 14 days of my time in the U.S. going to the museums That's every single cool. day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And what was, was your really favorite museum? I'll say the airspace, man. Yeah, that was, yeah. aerospace that was gets everybody, man. That was always my first one. Never so, forget it. Almost won my NASA shirt. Yeah, buddy. Hammity in uh, <laughs> Yeah, like we usually we, we only specialize in blowing up blains, you know? Like we we don't <laughs> we don't build them. So we were it was really interesting. Like when I you were on them, uh, yeah. episode four ninety six, you talked yeah. about part of the reason you got incarcerated at the age of eleven or twelve, and you said you had money on you because you were saving yeah. up for one shoe. Yeah. So I like mean, the reason I'm asking you this. Yeah. For Americans, like that's a crazy concept. Can you like break it down for us? Why were you saving up for one and not two? Because Iraq was under sections. Um, people couldn't afford to do anything. You were blocked from the whole. This is what sections does. It blocks you from the whole world. You can't buy anything. You can't sell anything. Um, so really having a shoe or, or pants. Some people actually use the, the rice. You know the rice bags? Uh -huh. the, they, they put rice in it. Yeah. Some people used to take that and turn it, make it into a pants. Like a moccasin where or you pants. Can wear. Or and, and truly, that it was really hard to buy one piece of clothing, one piece of whatever. So having a shoe, the only reason I struggled, I had to put money over a year to buy one pair of shoe. And my shoe at the time was open half from the front. So every time I walk, my feet is literally outside oh, of the shoe. Wow. And, and it, that was hard. That was like a big deal. Uh, so you either had to walk 13 miles to school and walk with no shoes, and that will be tough, or you put your, some money together until you can buy one. So putting money together was probably the hardest thing you could do. And, um, and they came in, and you were like, they were like, give us your money. And you were like, get fucked. Yeah, and I, I, and I, try, I try to fight to, to, get, to keep my money in my pocket. Um, down there, it's a different authority. People, if they tell you to give, you, give them their money, you need to give it to them. I end up going to prison because I refused to give the money to this Bath Party member. And uh, I end up getting beating in prison as an enemy of the state because he wrote a report, a false report. He, he wasn't going to go and say, I was trying to take his money and he didn't give me his money. So he just rolled. He wrote a report stating I was an enemy of the state and I was trying to assassinate him. At the age and of I, and I, 11 or And 12. I entered the prison as an enemy of the state because under Saddam... No matter how old you are, if you were one day old, that's what Saddam said. If you were one day old, if you were 99 years old, if you're considered an enemy of the state, um, you go to a different prison. You go to concentration camp. It's not just prison. 
So it's a lot of labor. It's a lot of torture. It's a lot of confessions that you don't have. So I got tortured like anybody that was fighting against the regime at the time. Um, what, what the fuck were they torturing you for? What are they trying to uh, find confessions. out? Confessions. Uh, what Just group you're fighting for? Perhaps I actually had no idea what the group's names were. Yeah. But some of the prisoners gave me basically fake confessions to... To get out. To get out. So Because you're going to die anyway. There's no getting out of that place. So the, the best part is for you to give them whatever they want to hear, sign on it, and just they leave you alone. Now, is but that because you, these groups use kids to, like... No, there was, when I went to that prison, it's nothing like an American prison. American prison would look like a five-star hotel. Compare that. It's a big warehouse. Uh, there was about 300 people in that place, one bathroom, and uh, there was no beds. There was nothing. There was just people sitting on the floor, in the concrete floor and uh, they'll open the prison door they'll call you to the end of um that prison and they had a room painted red um with no windows and what they do is they hang you upside down from your leg from your ankles you look like a sheep that being hanging on a butcher store and uh they just let you look all around red and the reason red this was uh uh saddam hussein's son's idea he wrote it on a roman old Roman torture book that he bought. It was an ancient torture book that the Romans used back in the day. Um, and when they block everything and you're only looking at red all around you and they're turning you around through that chain, it mess up with you psychologically. So when you come out of that room, n- not, doesn't matter whether you're innocent or not, you're going to sign in whatever they tell you to, to sign. And, um, and it was a different pro- process. It wasn't like you have rights or you go in front of a judge. You have none, right? They own you. They'll do whatever they have to do with you. So um, coming from yeah. where you're coming from and what you're yeah. telling us, what was your first impression when you're trying to assimilate to America of the American people? When you've, you've been through it all at, at 12 years old, and most of these 12-year-olds have a nice pampered life in America, yeah. when you come here and you see sort of what the vibe is in America, what were your initial thoughts? Were you kind of bitter? You resent no, no, these people? No, not at all. Of course. I mean, I, you see that someone has... A, this is what normal life looked like. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to see what a normal child is through an American child, seeing with an American child. And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. It should be that you live as a child. But there is no children in Iraq. That's what I need to, to clarify. Yeah. Is that some of the children, because of that environment or that life, they grew up way faster. Just hard to. as And yeah. some children can kill Which you. Which is embarrassing to how, me because my children yeah. are here tonight. Honey, take the... Um, Take the iPad away from the kids and hang it up from their ankles for me. <laughs> Daddy ain't raising no bitch. <laughs> Your kids um, are wild, though. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, it changes perspective. It's a, dude. Uh, yeah, sure, like, for sure. When, when, you know, be bringing it back to the old tailgating show, one of the rumors that I've heard, speaking of the prisons and things, is, is that they do sometimes public executions or maybe punishments publicly at these games. Is that is that something that happens, or is that just an American and, fairy tale? And or Saddam Hussein, because his son was um, the, in charge of all the Olympic games, in charge of all the soccer Teams. At a game, so he 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 used to torture the hell out of players. Really? Yeah. Is that based off performance? If they didn't show up to play, they like, like, if, they like lost, if LeBron flopped, if they, they lost, just gets fucking um, flogged. He he used to put them in prison. He used to um, make them do hard labor. He used to shave their head all zero until they're bald. Um, yeah, that's they, the way I am. They used yeah. He used to do. I mean, I can't help choice. it. Though. I can't <laughs> help. Um, it, and you know he used to do just all kind of horrible things to them, man. Um, do they no do? Do they do like public punishments, um, like on criminals at halftime? What was the halftime no. show like? No, no, no. They don't have like a probation. Is that what you mean? Well, I mean, when no, I was no, in no, Afghanistan, no. Yeah. I mean, my interpreter told me that uh, he didn't go to soccer games because he didn't like to see people get their hands cut off. 
I mean, that's because Afghanistan because Afghanistan is always going to be a different animal. It's ruled yeah. by the Taliban, sure. and it's right. two different bunch of animals over there. It's a Savages. radical Islamic that does that, and the Taliban does that based on religious punishment that they right, cut right. people's they hands or they kill women or whatever. Where dictator is just a violent asshole. Just a violent yeah, asshole. That's it. Uh, do you have? Did you ever go to any pro soccer games over in Iraq? Um, just a couple times. Just a couple young. times. Yep. Is it as memorable as the football game that you went to here in the States? No, definitely different. Um, just You just go to the game and scream the hell out of your throat, and you mm -hmm. go home, and that's it. Yeah. There's nobody selling hot dogs. There's uh, uh, no uh, nobody's selling you Coca-Cola for about 20 bucks. <laughs> um, I tell you, that guy will die Ooh, in Iraq if, he's, <laughs> if you do that. That, that, guy, that guy will get shot. You can't do that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, there's, there's no, none of that. You know, none of Speaking yeah. of food and $20 Cokes, yeah. uh, Chef Puhak, you got some of that good Iraqi cuisine set yeah, up man, for I us, need, baby? I need to uh, actually hop on over there and start working on it. Why yeah. you do that? So I'm going to bring up, uh, I'm gonna bring up old Oshin Finn. Or Oshin, yeah. okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think we got Oshin up here next. We want to talk about Finn Reality. We got a couple of sponsors to pay for this show tonight. Uh, the first one being Boulevard West, Boulevard Coffee Shop. This is the beautiful scenery that you see behind us uh, in beautiful Clayton, North Carolina. You heard Oshin on one of our shows a couple of shows ago down at the golf course. He's got a real fucked up accent, kind of like Boston Joe does. Um, and then after that show, he just said, you know what? After that shameless plug I gave you guys by dumping his rum drink in his own personal coffee cup, that he was actually going to be a sponsor of the show. <laughs> Puhawk broke his mic. But sabotaged him. But he can't work on his microphone. And I, I don't know how to fix it. So good thing we, Buddha's good for something. I think. Let's see. Is he good? He's good for something. Oh, we Shane, finally you, found a reason to keep Buddha around. There he is. <laughs> uh, do you uh, you play soccer? Don't you? Or you you've got a I used to play passion for soccer. Yeah, I used to play a little bit, you know, until I was 16, 17, 18 years of age, and I coach now the kids. Oh, you do? You coach? Here, so you yeah. coach children in soccer? Yeah, coached with Noose River Johnson United Soccer. Nice. nice. So listen, we brought you up because you're one of the sponsors of today's show, Finn Realty. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, myself and my wife, we're local realtors. Um, we're all about Clayton. Um, we obviously do a lot in the Triangle area, but mainly in Clayton, Johnson County area, which is insane right now if you're a if you're selling reach out to me if you're buying i'm not sure what to do for you cause <laughs> we, can't, we can't find you anything right now but um it, it's it's crazy right now but um we just love it and we love you know being able to find stuff for our clients and making them happy for all of our drinking bros out there Oshin is a true drinking bro he plays uh, at his coffee shop he sometimes puts episodes up on the uh, the old screen when it's appropriate but he's a real big fan of the drinking bros a big fan of the veteran community he's got a big giant american flag hanging out in front of his coffee shop he's never once bowed down to anybody um, and and kind of like you uh, he's, he's, the, an, he's an he's the Iraqi version of me he's the yep. uh, Ireland version of the Iraqi version yep. of I'm, Hamity I'm glad he's in, he's in downtown I'm right in the back so well I got yeah. a question yeah. who's who's terrorists are worse well, oh, what year? Are you, what year are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about <laughs> at, at peak peak worst. Who had the worst terrorists? Wow. You're from Ireland, right? It depends yeah. on what perspective uh, you're looking at. They got at some violent too. people, dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. They got some violent people. Yeah. That's the thing is that they got some violent people with a thick accent. I'd yeah. rather understand the person that's Because you don't have an accent? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I have mine, but I'll tell you, uh, Irish, they do have very thick accents. Well, I, I don't yes. have an insight into the yeah. terrorist organization that sure? Hamidi has. And I want that uh, you guys on camera, the please. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, have to go, you have to go through your history. You guys drove the, the Queen of England crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've been fighting her for 800 years. Yeah. Well, to get well, that's them, that's know, a great yes. point. Literally, yeah. Let's talk yeah. about the the Queen of England. Let's and, talk about and her. Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle's okay, the beans. I want I want a small rant. Okay, so this is March is. Women's Appreciation Month, okay? And I totally appreciate all the women out there. I was raised by women. I was raised by an amazing mother. Meghan Markle... Is your mother a lesbian? Did you say you were raised by women? No, I was was raised by women because I didn't have a dad. Are you Uh, familiar with this? uh, It's an ongoing joke we've been talking about. He does not have a dad. He has two moms. I was just setting you up. I don't have two moms, but I have a couple aunts and and a grandmother who was great to me, too. But Meghan Markle probably set women back about 10 years with her comments about being oppressed when she's a princess, like we were saying earlier. I I, I just don't understand how you can go on Oprah. If you're on Oprah, you're not oppressed. Okay, you're talking to the richest woman in the world. And she wants to talk about how, you know, the the Queen of England, who we talked about on Facebook a little bit, might be a racist. I don't know. But she's making bullshit up. I know that the drinking bros... Don't like Meghan Markle. I heard Jables talk about Meghan Markle. Oh, we've all got me all fired up. We know that she got her claws into the prince. Uh, We know that this whole thing has been a show from the beginning. This was her chance at fame. She wasn't going to get famous any other way. She had to marry into it. She got her claws into the man. She got it. And I mean, she's proved it. Uh, I mean, literally, if you followed Drinking Broettes or Drinking Bros, if you followed if you followed this at all since the last two or three years, this has everything that has happened right now. Has been foretold. And, and she's anti-feminist, okay? She's playing the victim. If you want to be a strong woman, you don't play the victim. I know a strong woman. My mother is a strong woman. Aww. And also, shout out to all the single moms out there. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have a shameless plug for myself right there. But for, for Meghan Markle to be in the position that she's in and play the victim really does, I think, you set know, back the strong women out there who are fighting, who are yeah. single moms out there raising awesome people like me. And so we had a doctor stay at our house from Santa Barbara, California, um, this December. She wanted to escape California. She's a doctor, a medical doctor. Um, and she says that the, the mass thing was just absolutely out of control down there. The whole medical thing was out of control and she just had to get away. So she came down here to old Clayton, North Carolina. She stayed at my house for, uh, for two weeks. Um, and, and we had asked her about the Meghan Markle thing cause she had just bought the $15 million house in Santa Barbara. And she said that it had changed the landscape of Santa Barbara, literally that people are now flocking, moving to Santa Barbara only to get a glimpse of Meghan Markle, wow. um, that, uh, that stores have changed completely because wow. of, of her being there. They've changed the way that things are decorated. What's that Meghan the obsession? Markle, what is it? Um, I, you Cause know, she's so oppressed. Well, people want to see how oppressed so, she is yes, yes. and how tough her life is. It's, everyone it's, feels so bad for her. Uh, Listen, there's a reason why most people are actually leaving California. Okay. She can go live in Gal- California with Gavin Newsom and his backwards politics. People are leaving California and coming to places. Actually like more people Beach. left California for the first time in uh, like 25 years. Is that the, more people have left California this year than actually moved into California. That's the first time that's happened in 25 years. Uh, and that's unfortunately, politics. they all moved to Austin, Texas, and they're ruining that city now mm, with its homeless the next. population, and that's pretty sad um, and difficult. What is it like for you to look and see all that kind of stuff going on here in America? You, you came here when we were kind of like at, at a great moment. It's a psyop um, war. It's a what? Psyop. A psyop war. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, look, everything that's been happening right we, Look, if you are a PSYOP instructor, if you understand the psychological... And PSYOP is psychological, psychological operations. Operation. If you understand, because we do this to other countries, we destroy other countries basically by using uh, things in their society to turn against them. We do this for a living. The U.S. government's been doing that forever. I thought um, they called that liberating. Um, and it's not. <laughs> um, the, the, all this has been happening. You have to understand that this has been going on for a while. Hollywood, whether we like it or not, it's on their way of making Meghan Markle an iconic figure. And they are going to nail that. 
Um, that's how they're doing it. And is it because you, she fits their if, agenda? If you notice that anybody that they want to destroy at this point right now during this time is use the race card, use the racism, and you can destroy. It's a, one of the most powerful weapon that uh, these individuals been using. And now um, Meghan Markle is a soldier of this agenda to actually destroy the royal family. Look, the royal family, whether we like them or not, this is their tradition. This is what they've been following for thousands and thousands of years. Who right. the hell are we or Meghan Markle to come over and say, well, you got to change. Is you know, she a pawn in that then or is, does no. she know? What's that? Does she does she know or is she just a pawn? I think she that? knows what she's doing. I think she, she knows wants what she's it. doing, of course. I think she, yeah. this is like she's getting famous. Yeah, so it's all like, about attention. It's all about attention. Yeah. You know, when, when Al-Salamani died and Al-Baghdadi died, yeah. which one of our close friends is the one that, that breached the door to kill Al-Baghdadi and that's really yeah. close to us. You know, I remember you remarking on the American people that were yeah. ashamed that yeah. America, that, that yeah. because of Trump, uh, uh, yeah. killed al-Baghdadi. And this was probably one of the first times I saw you yeah. come out real politically and take a stand. Yeah. Um, kind of similar situations, right? Like, yeah. uh, as in Americans do a, something great, right, by getting yeah, rid of this, one of the worst terrorists the, in the world. Despite the 600 American that died in the hand of Soleimani, right? They, pe people are so ignorant, unfortunately. They are so focused on their political party or political opinion versus valuing the American life. I don't care what your politics is going to be. Soleimani was responsible for 600 American soldiers that died during my town, 600 families that yeah. got destroyed here in America because of that man, because yeah. of what he was doing. And when somebody like this get killed by our troops it shouldn't be a president thing it's not about right. trump or biden or obama this is about getting rid of somebody that owe, owe us as an american's right. blood and we finally got taken but care of them. what, I mean, what look, happened was was we, the american people or a very big number of american people actually chastised and and, 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 and whined then, and cried for the, money the intelligent cried for the new york times called them like a scholar or something the intelligent right? community was trying to get that airstrike proved for six years yeah six years trying to convince a leader in the united states that we need to take care of this guy we need to send a message that if anybody does anything to our soldiers in iraq or anywhere else in the world we should we should be able to stop them or airstrike them and get rid of them and not one president was able to prove it so trump didn't make that airstrike he didn't come in and all of a sudden decide to kill Soleimani the only difference that Trump did was he proved it he agreed to it mm -hmm. right. he took risk by killing the biggest smartest brain Iran has and guess what this was the psyop the psychological operation uh supreme leader in Iran this guy is the smartest guy in the Iranian regime and once you killed him Iran has not been able to win psychologically in the Middle East it has not been able to turn a country to think the way they want them to think. So by killing Soleimani wasn't just getting revenge for our country as Americans, it was actually get it, giving more activists and more free people in the Middle East to speak up and not be afraid. Yeah, and that's not, I wouldn't give Trump credit for that. Maybe he listened to the right people. Yeah. But like you were saying, he's you know doesn't do the, the stereotypical politician thing where he kind of did yeah. what he wanted to do, whereas yeah. the people on the other side, just because they hated Trump so much, decided yeah. this isn't a good thing because yeah. Trump did it. And that's what I think is the biggest problem in America right now is True. they don't give a fuck what the outcome is. It's 
is it my guy or is it their guy? If yeah, Biden true. did the same thing, all the woke leftists would be like, oh, he's such a hero. But Trump did it. And they were like, well, he was a scholar, actually. And we should kind of look back at the good things that he yeah. brought to the well, table. I think, I think hypocrisy should be the, the word of 2021 or, or the word of this decade, yeah. uh, because we're obviously seeing a lot of it every single day. Yeah. Uh, from both sides, too. From both sides. Uh, oh, from everybody. Yes. Big government. Um, I love right now, speaking of if we're tailgating for a competition, the the competition I'm tailgating for every day is big government versus big tech. I think this is a hilarious battle that is going on in the world today. Um, I fucking hate both of them. Um, small business just kind of sitting back and watching both these assholes go at each other. But it's really fun watching big tech versus big government. I have no idea who's going to win. Well, who's scarier? Uh, the Constitution's not going to win. I'll tell you that much. Uh, that's been proven. Uh, Chef Puhak, how close is this food to being ready, homie? We are getting hungry. Close enough for him to take pictures. What's that? You want to do a sports minute? Yeah, but let's go back. Buddha, we'll get you on up here to switch out the mic. Uh, Oshin from Finn Realty, thank you so much, man, for being out here. We're going to talk to you um, before we close out. want to get to another sponsor of the show, WhiskeyWare.com. That's WhiskeyWare, W-A-R-E.com. Makers of the customizable premium whiskey glasses, whiskey decanters. If you wanted to get, what was the unit that you served with in Iraq? Your favorite American unit that you served with? First cavalry unit. First cav. Yeah. If you wanted to grab one of these glasses, have a first Cav emblem on there with your call sign. Did you have a call sign in Iraq? No. Just, no, we didn't have anything. Like you didn't have a call sign? No. Nothing cool like Hitman. No, man. Punisher. No. Nothing I cool? was just uh, no, well. Hamity Jassim, man. That's what they know me. Well, if you wanted to get or one Or the with terrorist first... whisperer. Yeah, there you go. If Which you is a tough to get... word for me to say. It's lots of, lots of R's in there. Lots of R's in there. <laughs> if you wanted to get a, a premium custom whiskey glass with first Cav on it and Hamity Jassim under it, it's $19.99. Uh, but today you can use promo code LEGENDS, all capital letters, LEGENDS in the promo code. They get you 10% off. Um, but today, it's uh, what we got going on in sports there, uh, Buddha. We got the ACC tournament coming up. March Madness right around the corner. Hockey. We actually tried to yes. scout out a hockey game that we got kicked out of. Yeah, thanks we did to you. get kicked out of a hockey game. That, that, was, that sucked. Well, I want to start off with, with got, the trade. You got to really watch how he has going to look, look. But he has to flip this up. Oh, okay. Wait, and, we're, we're going to watch the oh. food go on this Iraqi food this cooking. This is the most difficult process right all here. Right, so here no pressure. We're all watching Dude, Puhak. You, no follow pressure. us on YouTube. It's everywhere, Puhak. Hammer the like you go, button on YouTube. Before you go, listen, chef. If you mess this up, you're uh -oh. definitely a white no guy. No pressure. Oh, he doesn't even pause. Oh, no. Not in front of please. You're definitely a Middle Eastern. So Chef Puhak That was a classic Wow shit! Oh But hey you did a great job That's how Iraqis do it A round of applause Make sure you have space before you do that Puhak 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 Look Hamity's really into this guys Hamity is really into this He is sitting at the edge of his seat Yes. Mm. Here it flip. Go. That's oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's you flip it. that bean, baby. baby. He's doing it. Oh, my God. He's doing it. That's oh. Oh. freaking amazing. It smells like a food gasm. There's so many colors. There's so many colors there. There's yeah. red, there's yellow, there's orange, there's brown. Uh, that is a lot going on. What is this What is this dish called one more time? It's called dolma. Bulma. Dolma. Dolma. Dolma with a D. Dolma origato. So what it is, it's basically vegetables like peppers, Ooh. onions, Look, and, and um, cream uh, all over. grape, um, yeah. uh, like a... <laughs> What do you call it? Uh, uh, Grape leaves, and Crepe? they um, Crepe? use rice, beef, uh, some spices. They mix them up. 
and uh, they cook them with a sauce, with the tomato sauce. Wow. And it's like over two, three hours. Mm. Chef Puak, would you mind getting a pi good picture of that while it's down there? We got it. And I don't know, we can probably get that recipe yeah. up on Drinking Bros Sports. Look, if you're not following us on YouTube, we are shadow banned on YouTube uh, just because of the foul and aggressive content that we have. So you're going to have to look us up as Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legend Show if you want to see what's going on here. But if you do, please hammer the like button. Give us a five-star review. Also on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, that's where we get our ratings from, nice. and how we keep this show alive. So he is looks like the salt guy. Look at him. So I give salt him five Bay. star. And I told you in the beginning of this show that yep. you, you told me to be nice to him, and I told I you that I was going to tell him the truth. Yep. No matter what, he did a great job. I give him the five star. He earned every star of it. Yeah, it looks and great. He did a lot better job than the Iraqis, too, with whatever that he put on top. That looked really hot. <laughs> yeah, <sprinkled laughs> salt. We do a horrible mean. job. We literally just get slapped and go to eat. But, <laughs> but that's a good job. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, uh, Buddha, what do we have going on in the sports world while, while he's dishing that I don't out? Know. I still want to talk about the hockey game the other night. Oh, you, let's talk about the yeah, hockey let's game. Let's talk about the hockey game. Yeah, you were managing us. Mess. We were out there to scout it yes, out. Yes, we were. We actually went That out didn't go over well. No, it didn't go over well. So. We finally get in there. We walk up. I have a, a gator on my face. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a beautiful from the Steelers. Gator. Yeah, it is. it's from the Steelers. I mean, okay. it's it's sanctioned by the NFL. So I walk up. Can't wear that. No. Nope. Yep. Put on a, put on a, put on a yeah, face diaper. Yes. So I put on the face diaper. And then we get up to go into the inside. And said, have you seats. filled out? Yep. Club seats. I mean, not like bad our, seats. But, our own oh, section. Yeah. Have you filled out your COVID survey? Oh. Have you seen how good I play hockey? Do you play no, hockey? Do you play hockey in Iraq? Dude, uh, maybe sand hockey, but no, <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding. So Any, anything with the snow, I can't do. So. We get in there and we sit in our seats. There's nobody around us. Yep. Um, uh, we get told several times that in order to drink your beer, you must pull your mask down and then put it up to swallow and put and it up to swallow. I said, even if my beer is to my lip, we're okay. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. We couldn't eat Not our okay. pretzels that way. Finally, after mm. three warnings in the second second period, beginning of the yeah. second period, we'd already had our third warning. Yep. And again, we weren't trying to piss anybody off. We were trying to follow the rules. Uh, we weren't being smart asses. We were in a section all of our own. Mm. Um, but we had this 80-year-old man who was in charge of the entire section that we were the only people in. Yep. And so um, he came to me and he said, young man, you pull your mask down. You put the pretzel in your mouth. Your mouth. You lift the mask back up. You chew. And then you repeat. I thought there's no way some asshole's talking to me that way without it being a joke, so I laughed. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, man, yeah. you got it, baby. Was it worse than the plane? Uh, but he was not kidding. He was, no, uh, it was worse than the plane. Oh, it was 10 times worse yeah, than the plane. 10 times worse than the plane. Yeah, we were on a plane. I mean, uh, the I, plane, next to, I mean the plane people was, uh, breathe all over you. They eat, eat their pretzels. You're, yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of an owl seat. The plane got, like, was like America. The hockey game was like Iraq. Yes. That's exactly right. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. I'm just joking. Maybe America now. It was just as bad as being strung up by your ankles in a red room. Mm. That's yeah. the way it was. That's how it's pretty felt. sure not the fucking same. Well, that's not, uh, not, well, not the back same. I'm oppressed. I've lived it. Yes. I have a great time. I'm going to write a book about it. Yep. And I'm going to call it the um, the hockey whisper. Okay, let's get back to sports. Yeah, yeah. now okay, that I'm back Joe, from my pee on? break that I got to do like almost yeah. every show. Real quick, I kind of want to address it because my you know my big shot were in Austin a couple I guess a month ago now. Ross is like, Boston Joe, get Boston Joe up here. Where is he? And I went back and watched the, the tape, and I was in the bathroom when he was looking yeah. for me. So yeah. I got I a tiny, tiny bladder. A little tiny Boston bladder. Little tiny Boston. Tiny but anyway, Boston penis. speaking of Boston, <laughs> we'll go right to the Patriots. 
They made a big trade. Oh, they went in the Patriots minute, you but fuck. But that's the biggest that's no, the, the biggest, biggest thing. thing that's going on right now is the yeah, SEC right now. tournament. Trent, no, Trent Brown no, uh, got traded. The biggest traded. thing is that NC State women's team fucking won. Yes. They did. And they it's International Women's Day, you, so yep. let's celebrate you're welcome, NC State You're welcome females. for telling you that NC State, the women's team, won the ACC tournament. That's good for them. Hopefully it motivates NC State, the men's team, to step up because right now UNC and Duke are having a real down year. Duke mm-hmm. is having one of the worst years they've had in a long time. We were looking it up before the show. If Duke doesn't make the tournament, they won't. Hopefully. But if they don't make the I tournament, do, it'll won't. be the third time that Coach K hasn't made the tournament. First time since like 95. 95 and 82. Yeah, in 82. 95 so and 82. It's been a weird year. Obviously, you got the COVIDs and all the stupid shit that's going on. But the fact that it doesn't Duke, make you. Like it's no excuse. Basketball. That's it okay. I, listen, I hate Duke. I'll shit on Duke all day. I think Coach K is a snake. I'm waiting for him to finally get his day. I think but he's it, a rat. But like I, like I was trying I to like say, him. I want to talk well, about how... You, I know you would. I want to talk I about how the Patriots would. traded for Trent Brown because Joe Stradamus, not Tan Stradamus, Joe Stradamus, <laughs> another prediction is coming to me, Jimmy Garoppolo, back oh, in New yeah, England. Oh, yeah, he'll be back there in two weeks. Yep. Uh, I'm I, guaranteeing I it. Agree with Just that. like Deshaun Watson will eventually go to the Broncos. I've been saying that for like Ugh. three weeks now, but it's going to happen. Ugh. But Jimmy G is coming back. When you see Bill Belichick trading for a big left tackle, that means he's scheming something. He's got something in his back pocket. And they've got a ton of cap space, too. Yeah, and I think it which might is be weird for them. They might I mean, trade Stephon Gilmore for him, which I'm a little wishy washy uh, about. Well, I mean, but the thing is, he is aging. I think that Belichick always loves to get rid of a guy a year too yeah. early before a year too late. So I think Stephon Gilmore for Jimmy G, I think, is a mutually beneficial well, it's the same trade. Thing, being a Steeler fan, would, would we trade T.J. Watt for Deshaun Watson? Well, you and love Big couple, Ben. You think he's, you know, he's going to no, be I, legit I, coming I didn't back. Say I, love, I do love Big Ben. I mean, I do. Yeah, what because how can you rape a mouth? Am I right? Exactly. <laughs> that's just, that's old school. Meanwhile, they're fucking taking selfies <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to take it's a little very, selfie I'm together? just going to root for that's Tom Brady for the yeah, next Super Bowl, let's bro. go. Let's yeah, go. I mean, I feel bad. Oh, yeah. I, I, asked, yes. I asked him before the show about his um his favorite football player. He mentions Tom Brady. And Tansy rolled his eyes so hard, they went behind his head. And he had to walk away to readjust so he could see again. I mean, your upbringing, Hemity, I mean... It, as tough as it was, you picked the biggest pussy in football. Okay, he had a Tom Brady. Yeah, oh yeah. I disagree, man. Yeah, no, man. Uh, Tom Brady is a legend, whether he we like it or not. No, no, I had to kiss a ring. I you had know, to kiss uh, a freaking ring. I, I, and I hate and when, they say, when look, they say he's cheating. Yeah. He ain't cheating. He won by like a lot of points against <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did. that's the one thing. That, you no, know, I, you, I said I said he's the greatest quarterback ever. Yeah, but to call him a pussy, listen. First of all, you are what you eat. Secondly, he has the ultimate come up story. I'm gonna tell you this, man. Tom Brady. Dude, you have the, the ultimate come up story. All time. And I can tell you definitely that guy smoked weed. For Tom sure. Brady? Yes. Well, yes. Speak, speaking of Not weed. Anymore. He doesn't even eat he strawberries. Does. Do they, do they you, have good weed in Iraq? I'll tell you why. Because when you get to the field and the biggest game of your life, yeah. and you don't give a fuck, you're just walking around like you're taking a walk with your dog, Yeah. that guy smokes weed. <laughs> yeah. I do, they have weed? do they have weed in Iraq? Yeah. Uh, they do. Are you Is allowed it? to smoke it in Iraq? Uh, no, you'll go to jail. Really? Yes. That's strange. That's not very progressive. Because don't you no, have hashish there? The only don't difference is that there, the they'll put you in jail because they think it's really bad for you. It's not like America where they want to make money and it, it's about tax. <laughs> it wasn't about health. Sure. Because sure. American government could care less about your life. No. But um, true. Yeah. So it's a big Triple diff- mass. different goals. But cocaine, it's a very dangerous in the Middle East. Especially Afghanistan is probably the biggest manufacturer yeah. uh, for cocaine in the Middle East. That's why those Taliban's kind of like show up to fight and they uh, don't, yeah, the they don't have a plan to, the to back there. up because See, if they just did high. psychedelics, they probably wouldn't yeah. be so aggressive. Are there psychedelics yeah. in 
in Iraq? No, no, is that no. A thing? They don't have anything else but cocaine. Ayahuasca, psilocybin. And that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. I bet I bet if they just took a trip. You were saying, you know, you think, probably joking, but you think Tom Brady smokes weed because he's so zen, cool, he's cool, cool calm, yeah. and collected. He's calm. I don't think he smokes weed. What I think he does is meditate. Well, you haven't done his blood test, you know, so. <laughs> I, do hey. think, I do think he's on a little something that's He only needs two weeks to, to come clean, bro. What's uh? Yeah. What, what do you got new for you, Terrace Whisper? You you got yeah. the book. The book's out. I've read the book. I've had yeah. the book signed by you. I gave that away. Uh, bought another one. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Amazon Prime. I pump that up all the time. The Terrace yeah. Whisper. Anything else big coming up in your life? Um, honestly, uh, the the movie has been as uh, if you haven't the done the biggest enough. success out there. The documentary is the first military intelligence documentary to be released to the public. And uh, it's his 177 five stars on Amazon. Yeah, nice. Um, it's awesome. Nice. You know, it, it's amazing. I'm thankful for all the success as a, and you know, I directed my own movie as a filmmaker. Um, so Humble brag. It, it, it was great because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make that paycheck. I didn't want anybody else to. Sure. To. So, um, I, I, I'm really happy to see where the your, movie is. You started your own business through that. Uh, it, it, literally, I mean, I, I before becoming who I became. I mean, look, when I was born in Iraq. My plan was not to uh, be a spy for the U.S. intelligence. I wanted to go right. be a filmmaker. Really? And I couldn't do it. Uh, the war Shit. took me into a different section. Now you live in section. your dream. Uh, so when I came to the United States, honestly, that was an opportunity for me to either hire, uh, because I was the producer of my own film. I was paying right. for the mm -hmm. movie to be done. So I was, um, I was, you know, I was given the choice to direct it. It was a very dangerous move to direct something that big with the CIA director in it with all the intelligence. It's the first time something like this going out to the public. So it, it was really, it took me about two years really training, yeah. um, planning for it, and it's doing great now. Um, yeah. People don't really know who is directing that movie. They're more focusing on my life. And they don't realize that I'm actually the director of well, my own movie. So, I watched yeah. the documentary. I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah. But say they make like a real movie of yeah. your story. Uh, who, plays, who plays you? Plays you? you. Oh, it's got to be Orlando question. Bloom. Uh, <laughs> Stormy Daniels. <laughs> yes. no, okay. I'm, I'm kidding, Ron I'm Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's been um, canceled. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I Cancel think, culture got him. Uh, He's done. I had been approached by... Uh, no. Hollywood before about selling the movie rights. I'm very careful about what I do. Yep. Because I don't want somebody to go and misrepresent you a different story yeah. because I signed a contract. So That's what Hollywood does. Was, they lie. I was offered a half a million dollar if I signed on a contract. It's not enough. And I knew that once I signed on a contract, this was going to use be used against uh, the president of the United States because of my background. I was born a Muslim. Oh. So Hollywood has its own agenda with of course what they, they want to do. do. Uh, I would not. Let it become a, a motion picture, which what you meant, um, unless it's it's I'm guaranteed that I'm able to tell the story the way it is. Well, can that's, you? So that's what makes it so nice about documentary because yeah, can you do go for You're showing the real footage. You're showing the, the what really happened. Um, and and I, I never said that in public before, but in 2000 uh, in six, 2016, my movie rights were sold to a production company, hmm. and nine months later, I found out they were going to use that against President Trump in his election in 2016. Mm. And that was the last thing I want to see is my story get involved in politics. Yeah. Uh, these people were more interested that I was a born a Muslim versus what I, what I did in Iraq. So I didn't want to be used as a tool. That's uh, identity politics A lot politics of people would be happy to uh, if they were in my situation because they'll be making a lot more money. 
Uh, but I don't want my story to be used for. So say you're in charge. Then you're in charge of everything. I own all my rights. Who's playing you? Who do you? Um, I would say the guy that uh, the guy for 365 days. No, no, the (laughs) guy that did the movie. What's called? Rami Malek, the guy that did Bohemian, who did oh, the, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, okay. Rhapsody yeah. but that's the only guy Can you really sing like Freddie Mercury? Because yeah. uh, he's Egyptian, he speaks Arabic. Yeah. Um, there it is. He does have similar looks. So he'll be the only guy. Chef Puhak, why don't you bring this Iraqi food in here? You've been working on it hard all day doing what Chef Joseph does. Let's eat this shit. Puts the cunt in conspiracy cuisine. Yes. A little bit of a stretch there, but if, hey, I'm trying. If Al Qaeda right? paid you to put poison in my food, you better make it be making a good check. Oh, <laughs> better man, be a good last meal. Amazing. No, that's uh, how they get it first. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first <laughs> man because this is my home country. Stuff. Oh, oh shit! Hold on. I hope you're gonna be the toughest critic on them, though. Uh, I I am. I'm told him that I was gonna be. Honest. But but go easy on them. Let us not forget that he did his crab dip did lose the um whole dip oh. off. Yeah, but it was because I made it probably. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I just wanted to give you a little fucking, jab since you're the, sitting down. The fucking comedian Clay was talking about his penis and toes. Oh, you and had to bring it up, shit. didn't you? That's my fault. Je- that was my had fault. To bring Jesse it up. brought him in. He was hired. I'm just going to say that. Well, moving on. <laughs> wow. What is the, what's the meat? Beef. Beef oh, short ribs man. and okay. ground beef. I've never had a beef short rib that was that tender before. Tender. So, like Hamity said, it takes a long time of cooking and. The recipe that I wrote for this is like there was like 50% vegetables and 50% meat. There was a lot of vegetables cooked in this meat. And that's yeah. really the, the star of the show is like all the seasonings that go into this, man. Because this is so okay. simple. So I'm sorry if I go hard on you right now. Go hard on me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm going to make Ooh. my statement. Do it. As an Iraqi. No, I went off the I'm rails sorry. a little this bit. Is, I'm, sorry ahead of time. Reaction. I'm sorry ahead of time. You fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, you can wow. see I already ate the whole thing. Um, Thank you, brother. Man, it's so good. The rice is wonderful. So here's here's one thing that I have to add for you. Do it. I'm not Iraqi, so I don't know. Yeah, no. So you might want to go a little extra with the beef inside the vegetables. More beef. Because that really what gives it the Where's the, the beef? Yeah, so I like- there is some, but I think you just need to go more on that. And I like more meat. The taste, the most important... You know, this is first time for you making God, this, this is right? Incredible. incredible. Yeah, that's the first yeah. time I've ever made dolma. Ever. Wh- what do I do with this thing? You use it as a utensil, brother. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. You think they got right, forks and knives right. in Iraq? So you take this. Do they have forks and knives in Iraq? Teach them, Hammond. No, they don't. No, they don't. Just put it so in, right? Um, it's like an Iraqi taco. So, yes, take it, take whatever it is, put it inside, and make your own taco. That's uh, how they okay. eat it. Okay. okay. And they, they'll use it to pick it up like this, Joe. So they do have tacos in Iraq. They just well, cover them up. We don't have Mexicans, though. So, but <laughs> is that good or bad? Um, that's actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't even answer. We appreciate <laughs> our restaurants overseas. Yeah, I'd Honestly, like to see if there's a Mexican restaurant. Mexican and Italian food, like I was talking. Do they with have sit down? Do they the have sit down restaurants in Iraq? Is that like like here in the United States? Do they have like fast food and shit. Eric. Yeah. It's a modern country. Um, we do have stuff, man. I didn't know. Yeah, some people ask me like if we have anything in our. We have everything, um, except forks, and knives. Except for fork and knives, yes, because we eat with our hands, as you can see. That's a typical Iraqi, yeah, right there. Which you are. I mean, I don't know what that is. That's like a typical redneck. Also, right there. napkins. <laughs> they the paper towels. I love to crumple paper towels up into a little ball. It's my thing. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't so. fold. Whoever think, folds is I weird. I think people are going to enjoy this meal a lot. Well, brother, it's wow. the first time I've ever cooked Middle East food for a mm. tailgate. And I was this pretty really fired good. up to do it. You gave me three options. I picked what I thought was the you hardest. You picked up the hardest one. And, yep. you know, it, 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 for the listeners that are foodies on here, it's not that involved, man. I mean, there's a lot of steps you have to take, but really we're just eating beef and rice and a lot of different vegetables, right? You can do this. If I, I can barely put one foot in front of the other. If I can do it, you can do it, you know? Well, we did this at a tailgate. I mean, we're, we're set up, as you can see on the YouTube video. I, I mean, used this is a Blackstone tailgate. We're outside. Grill. We're on a grill. We're with our friends. We're drinking brewskis. With legends, baby. With legends. Man, this food is incredible. Thank you, guys. So mm. let me let me ask you this while you're stuffing your face with some food. You've, um, when you were 12 and Saddam's army captures you, Clinton is in office? I have no idea who was the president. You don't know? I don't know. What, what yeah. year was it? It was back in 98. 90, is that Bill? Slick yeah. Willie? Yeah. I have no yeah. idea who was the president so, back then. So, so... I mean, you're Since, talking, we didn't even have TVs or radio. Sure, so like, sure. I wouldn't know. So, as someone who's who's been there, done that, and seen the shit in Iraq, come to America, assimilated, seen a couple different presidents now, mm -hmm. I know we hate them all. All politicians suck. They can all get fucked. We know that. All but politicians are cunts. All politicians. pack. Shout out to Dan Holloway. <laughs> but who do you think has handled what's going on in Iraq and in the Middle East the best? Out of all the presidents, from Bush, Clinton, Obama, Trump, and Sleepy Joe, um, you could never give Bush um, because Bush was basically at a war in Iraq. So I mean, you got to give Bush some credit for facing one of the most brutal enemy in Iraq. I mean, look, Al Qaeda at the time in Iraq was a death machine. Um, we lost more people in the short term of fighting in Iraq than we did in Afghanistan. We've been in Afghanistan longer. We only lost about 1,000 to 1,200 people in Afghanistan, but we lost 4,000 people in Iraq during a very short period. So you got to give Bush the credit for having military campaigns against a guerrilla enemy that's pretty strong, yeah. been really skilled. Um, but I don't think politic-wise, I don't think... No, uh, not you. <laughs> uh, I don't think... Politically or uh, foreign policy-wise, that he was successful mm -hmm. as much. Uh, Obama did all right for what's inside of the country. He wasn't successful in foreign policy because uh, some of these people in the Middle East, if you're weak, if you treat them nicely, they'll eat you alive. Mm -hmm. It's a very big psychology in the Middle East. And he didn't have that uh, charisma mm -hmm. to be good at foreign policy. I'm not saying Obama wasn't good at other things. He was. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to say, the only person that was good in foreign policy which was shocking for me was President Trump because I didn't expect that from Trump when he was running for office. Well, what about thought, Jared Kushner? I'm sure he has something to do with that, I mean, too. I mean, I thought Trump was going to be the biggest dumbass when he's, he was going to, before he would become At times he, he was, though. I, mean, he was. I agreed. But when on he Twitter, came in, he sure was. When oh, he came in, yeah, he hired yeah. the right Poor people, ass. and look what happened in Iraq. Trump took office. ISIS was controlling about 35% uh, of Iraq. Uh, it was the first time in history uh, radical Islamic organization claimed the state, which is a country. They were in Syria, they were in Iraq, and they were claiming all the state. When Trump took office, all that was demolished. ISIS was defeated. He supported the Iraqi people, gave them what they needed. Um, so I would say Trump was the most successful in foreign policy, which is something the media does not want to... The, they don't want to give Trump the credits because they hate him so much. But we have to be fair at a certain point and give each person their positives and negatives. Uh, and I think Trump was the best in foreign policy. Interesting. So yeah. how about this now? So when 9-11 happens, where are you? 
I was in Iraq. So what was it like being in Iraq? I mean, how did you hear about it? You talked about there wasn't really news and TV and stuff. I mean, they had two TV channels that, that was running in Iraq. Um, unfortunately, Al Jazeera? Is- yes. No, no, Al Jazeera wasn't a lot at the time. It was only Saddam, two channels. Oh, okay. Uh, Al Jazeera was a lot after 2003. Um, 9-11, you can say some people were happy that thing happened because they were radical Islamists mm-hmm. and they support Bin Laden and they look at Bin Laden as their iconic figure. Some people were sad but they're not allowed to show that because then Saddam will beat the hell out of you if you're sympathizing with America. Um, it, it, it was different experience, man. Yeah. Um, I think that was the first time seeing what radical Islamists can do. Uh, for me, that was like shocking because I live under a dictatorship, but that dictatorship does not kind of support radical Islamists in a way. They're not. They're more dif- different, different mentality. Um, however, um, 9-11, I think, was just one day of what happens in the Middle East every single day. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is new. This is shocking for Americans. Yes. But this is what goes on every single day. These guys kill people every single day. For, so for me, it was nothing new. It was just an Ameri- attack on America versus what's happening in the Middle yeah. East. So, Who is more dangerous, Bin Laden or Saddam? Of course, Saddam. He was much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, he was a president of the country. He had more resources. Uh, Even I mean, though Bin Laden had, like, you know, all these extremist groups kind of... On his side, you'd say Saddam was more de- a, of I mean, a dangerous look, figure. Bin Laden was more of a f- fantasy guy. He was a fanatic. Um, Off in the fringe. He, he wanted to, uh, you know, he went to Afghanistan and changed the whole entire country religion and made them into the radical people that, that unfortunately, the Taliban's are today. He so, was hard to find. So, so <laughs> you know, Bin Laden is different. And, and Saddam was a, a president of a country. He was a dictator. He has an army. He has... Uh, intelligence, he has everything. So it's two different people, but they're both killers in a certain way. Yeah. And one is radical Islamist, one is not. One that drinks beer in the end of the night. I feel so. like Saddam was probably more of a prominent figure with him being the president of the entire country. You know, he didn't have to hide, whereas. Yeah, whereas Bin Laden is. Yeah. in some fucking cave or, you know. Yeah, and he, and he potatoes, end, and he potatoes <laughs> for the whole year. He was hiding in a, in a yeah. little. Um, Eat potatoes for the whole year, man. That's uh, Bin Laden, I gotta say, the, the living conditions that he was in. It was crazy. Yeah, but I mean, he was built for that. Uh, the Afghan people are, are, are strong, resilient human yeah. beings. They're like Native American Indians yeah. Yeah. Um, in the ways is that they, they know the land. They live on the land. They can yeah. do anything on that land. You're in their, you're, you're, it's their world. Their we were house. just simply visiting it. Um, they were not spoiled by anything. Those, those folks can stay out in yeah. the coldest of weather or the hottest of weather and not give two fucks because that is where they have been raised. They slept yeah. on desert floors? Uh, yes. And so <laughs> they, they were well trained to sleep on the floor of a hotel room in Austin. You <laughs> uncultured fuck. Um, <laughs> this show has been very interesting. Yeah. Hamity, this has been, been one of the honor, most man. fun tailgates. Pleasure, uh, definitely went in directions I did not see it going, um, but we had a great time with you, man. Uh, look, if you're on Amazon Prime, please download The Terrorist Whisperer. Get the book on Amazon, The Terrorist Whisperer. The movie's Amazon, too. Uh, yep. The movie's on Amazon. Uh, this show today was brought to you by Copper Still records they are the ones who make us look beautiful they make us sound beautiful they make sure that we're here on time um i want to give a shout out to noel okay who doesn't get enough credit i agree i think that 
without Noel, none of this would happen. He's probably the most important person on the whole show. Just want to give a thank you and a shout out to Noel, our producer. He's the best. Best in the business. You know, we also have Buddha over there. We give Buddha a lot of shit all the time. But (laughs) Buddha really is, uh, he's on the phone constantly. Um, He's trying to figure out what we're going to talk about, who we're going to talk to, getting all the sponsors lined up. And so without our crew, we would not be where we're at right now. Obviously, Drinking Bros, Ross Patterson, Dan Holloway, Jesse Wiseman, Fake Dan, Papa Giorgio, all the homies, Hop Bob, Bob, all the homies back in Austin that uh, get this show up on YouTube. And also Owen, our graphics guy out of Wilmington. Everybody plays a key role in this, and we couldn't be uh, more thankful to be on this show. Chef Puhak for coming out here tonight and and making this just amazing amazing meal. There's nobody else can do that. You know, we have um, guest chefs that come on here. You can see that. You can see empty plate. plate (laughs) Tastes like shit, right? I crushed it. But there's only one man that can show up to a tailgate with all the equipment and really just kind of produce Thank you, extremely brother. fine cuisine and we're and we're just Thank so you, excited to to be here with you guys tonight until Likewise. next time folks this is drinking bro sports tailgate legend show cheers 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 i had a great time i'm gonna go enjoy this the only place that I have known in the U.S. to be okay is Patel Brothers up in Cary. No, I'll send you to Mecca. Mecca. <laughs> Where is it? Like the real Mecca? In Raleigh. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say. It's owned by Palestinians. The biggest grocery store.